Hello and welcome everybody to episode 20 of the ADV Podcasts. Today we have an exclusive interview with someone who's trapped in Wuhan at the moment. We'll be getting to that, but we have to let the show carry on as usual. So we're going to still do all our usual segments. You had something to say. I have a little disclaimer and a little uh, warning to people out there buying into some severe bullshit I keep seeing. Mm. Now, this month, uh, Winston and I have been covering the coronavirus exclusively. We've done it on ADB China. We've mm. done it on Serpent ZA. I've done it on Laudy 6. And we've done it on ADB Podcast. Didn't want to be covering only this, but no. we... We honestly felt it would be irresponsible not to. Well, I, thought about, I thought about it like this. It's like if mm -hmm. I, I was going to do some sort of cooking video with Vivi. Yeah. Yeah. And if I put that out, like people don't want to watch a cooking video when they're eager for information coming out of China, which I'm getting inundated with and you mm -hmm. as well, right? So I think it would also just be insensitive when there's a, a crisis going on where people are actually suffering and uh, scared and concerned about what's going on. It would Correct. be very insensitive to make videos about something that's completely unrelated and fun and happy and or sure. adventurous. So yeah. my point with this whole thing was mm. that um, there's a lot of bullshit going around that I wanted to address about if you talk about the coronavirus, mm. me just saying that, in fact, yep. if you talk about the coronavirus in, in any sort of way, shape, or form, then your video will be demonetized, right? Yeah. Now... We have a sea of yellow, and there are little yellow dots to say it's limited ads, which actually just means no. No, no So we've made nothing this month from YouTube. Yep. And this is not a complaint. This is a address to the people that keep, that are convinced. There's like these people that call us anti-China racist YouTubers, right? Sure. And they're convinced that our videos are monetized while theirs are not, as yeah. they spout the praise of the CCP. Yeah. Have your opinion. That's totally fine. I'm not talking to you guys. But mm. be aware when you watch other YouTubers talking about this topic, all of them are demonetized. Right now, everybody all is. All of them. <clears throat> and right. there's a, a pretty easy way to notice, especially if you see a WHO logo underneath yeah. the video that's being played. Underneath it, or above the title, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the World Health Organization link, then you know that that video definitely cannot be monetized at all in Correct. any way, shape, or form. So we just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, so I just wanted to clear it up. Do not believe anything. It is all demonetized. It, no one is making money off the sure. crisis, and I'm not necessarily against that. No, I don't think it's a good idea to make money off of a crisis anyway. No. Anyway, let's uh, move on to our first segment, which everyone knows is what's new. And this is when we talk about things that are new, specifically <clears throat> when it comes to China. So we're going to be starting out with the fact that the, the World Health Organization has renamed the virus to the COVID-19. Mm. Now, this sounds all nice and well, but there's actually a, an unfortunate side to this. I'm going to read to you the reasoning why they changed the name. Okay. Is this from our boy Tedros? This is from Mr. Tedros. Okay. He said... <clears throat> The name had been chosen to avoid references to a specific geographical location, animal species, or group of people in line with international recommendations for naming aimed at preventing stigmatization. Now, that's a very nice sentiment. He doesn't want anyone to like connect the virus to where it comes from. That's all and well. Yeah. However, let's look at some of the names that the World Health Organization constantly talks about. Spanish flu. Spanish flu, okay. Which is fine. Yeah. I don't think any Spaniards got upset about yeah, that. Yeah, but that's that's a long time ago, right? Right. Let's talk about something a little uh, newer. Japanese encephalitis. Mm, Japanese encephalitis. Now, I wonder if that could be connected to a geographical location. I think uh, it would probably be like Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, maybe. Or just yeah. Japan, right? <laughs> Where it comes from. Right. What about MERS? Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah. There we go. Also, 
It's linked to a geographical location. And how about the African swine fever virus? Where does that come from, do you think? Mm, Canada? Yeah, exactly. You see, it's a bunch of bollocks, and it once again proves what we've been saying all along, that the World Health Organization is putting the feelings of China above itself. And I really wish this ice cream truck would just go away. I wish it picked a more appropriate song. It's not Christmas. People are going to say <laughs> you, you filmed this during Christmas. You premeditated the coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. No, but, but quite seriously, back to the whole World Health Organization thing. Um, we're seeing them dedicating considerable resources and time. Yeah, this time, is the problem. Yeah. To avoiding hurting the feelings of Xi Jinping and China. Rather than using that time... How long did it take them to deliberate on a name that didn't come up with stigmatization and stuff where they could have rather been spending time putting out more information on how to prevent the spread of this or more information on the spread of this or anything else? You know what I would have liked to see was them putting some of that funding and those meetings to getting together with organizations like the CDC to actually allow some trends. And I'm not even talking about exposing the government for what happened, but to actually see now what's happening because this is my issue. You have this month-long thing where everyone's aware that the Chinese government screwed up. Sure. I, even if you are the most, you cherish the CCP and Xi Jinping, yeah. Yeah. you will agree that that time period was a huge screw-up, yeah. right? A big yeah. cover-up, lack of transparency. Sure. But the thing is, we are getting diluted. Well, at least Western media and a lot of people are getting diluted with the numbers coming out, the fact that it's finally released and they've acknowledged that it's a p- p- pandemic potentially sure, and sure. all this kind of stuff, that they completely forget the fact that we still don't actually know what's happening. No. So they see a little trickle of information come out and they're very confident that China's dealing with it really well. Sure. How about WHO? And they're going to have a freaking ad on our video here. Of course they are. We didn't, yeah. you they're, know, you're not paying us for that. No. So instead, Don't worry. We will still tell everyone about your organization. You don't need <laughs> to worry about that. So mm. why wouldn't they put some of those resources and connections and, and political influence, really? Because mm-hmm. it's an international organization. Yeah. To teaming up with private or even, even uh, government-run organizations to allow doctors, virologists, and scientists yeah. into China to mm-hmm. actually portray the, the real situation on the ground so the rest of the world can deal with it. Do you know why? Because China is bloody selfish. Yes. And they want self-preservation for the government. Mm-hmm. They don't want to lose face. And the WHO, it, from what you said, mm-hmm. from what you just said about their deliberation about the whole name of this thing, yeah. to me, that is the most transparent fact that China's face is more important than the lives of people around the world. And people should and have every right to be really pissed off about that. You you can just see by the official releases and social media tweets and stuff from the World Health Organization that they are putting the preservation of China's reputation above, you know, common sense in so many ways. It's very transparent and anyone who's a reasonable human being will be able to see this. Right. And it's been like that from the beginning. The refusal to label this as an international outbreak when already we saw cases all over the globe things like that. The the fact that they knew there was human-to-human transmission and so on and still not raising that level up. Their their own backpedaling and having to say, oh, actually, we kind of screwed up. It is worse than we said, but it's still not an international thing. And then it's basically this uh, procrastination game, kicking the can down the road, trying to pretend like it's not a big thing because I guess they hoped it would go away or something and then China's reputation would remain intact or something. The thing is, the WHO does have uh, delegates on the ground, Mm, right? mm. So the fact that they are being so guarded in releasing this information makes me very worried about their their relationship with the Chinese government. I think we all need to scrutinize them a little bit more. Yeah. And 
Another telling fact is that whenever there's been any criticism of the way China's been handling things, the Chinese state media, but the Chinese state media has been pushing this thing where they say, we must trust the authority of the WHO. Mm. They are the experts. Now, that's kind of like, okay, you've got the WHO on your payroll, okay, secretly, and you're just saying like, look, you have to trust the people that we're paying because they're going to say the right thing you know, for, for us. That's what's happening here. You see that constantly, constantly, constantly. And uh, I'm sorry to say, but the, the way the WHO has been behaving is so unprofessional. And really, it's a con conflict of interest, you know, just the name of their, their organization, World Health. It should be China Face Organization. Yeah, you know, literally. CFO. <laughs> anyway, if the CFO puts a freaking ad, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be really honestly good. though, like we can't we can't uh, deny the impact, the positive impact WHO's had in uh, many cases, especially with the bull and stuff. But exactly the current way that they're dealing, the current chairman yeah. is acting like a proper Chinese chairman in this way. He is with Xi Jinping yeah. actually above him. Yeah, right. Shouldn't the uh, countries that participate in the WHO be below the board members that actually make the health? Decisions, the doctors yeah. and everything. No, nope, yeah. it doesn't seem like it. No, no, they're just an organization there to serve the CCP pretty much at this point. And I know it sounds and yes, I'm blowing mm. things out of proportion, but you have to see it clearly from a different perspective mm. here. OK, someone who's uh, grown up in Africa. I know how these organizations come in and how they operate. I've seen it a lot around Africa, especially mm. the UN and the WHO and so on. And it's a uh, mm. it's something that you 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 grow up to respect mm. and you're supposed to respect their opinions but when they're so blatantly transparently um inadequate mm. you know how, how are you supposed to treat them as an authority right yeah. and the fact that we're seeing so many doctors and virologists and scientists around the world that are questioning the who's methods yeah it le it does it means that you guys should go out and try to do your own research at this point absolutely yeah. for sure so anyway that's the the who part of uh, what's new so um mm. what else do we have on our list here uh, let's have a look. Let me pull up my notes here. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I wanted to address something real quick. Sure. Um, so I was mentioning that our, all our videos are demonetized, Correct. just as yeah. everyone is around, yeah. surrounding this. And the last video that I put out actually covered two interviews uh, with two people that managed to escape Hubei province, yes. where Wuhan yeah. is. They actually yeah. had to go into Wuhan. I actually met one of them. Yes. Yeah. He's a mutual subscriber. Yeah, that's right. Tyler. That's right. Yeah. Um, the other guy, he didn't want to be named, but sure. he's... We know him quite well. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. Yeah. Now, he had just got married to mm -hmm. a Chinese woman. Right. And he, out of the kindness of his heart, mm -hmm. decided against uh, maybe better judgment or lack of foresight, because he didn't know this was going to happen, sure. to finally go visit his parents-in-law. Didn't he convince his wife that he, this is yeah, the right thing to this do? This is the right thing to do. And he, what a sweet guy for doing that, right? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, he got trapped in that situation. Mm -hmm. He was trapped in, in uh, Hubei and had to evacuate, and it took so much effort. But mm. honestly, the EU like really sorted him out and yeah. actually gave his wife a temporary exit permit, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a funny little bit about that was she was questioned by a Chinese authority right before exit, saying, what if Denmark, uh, are you sure you want to leave China? What if Denmark... Uh, uh, deports you back to china then what? this is on you yeah this is all your responsibility basically saying you're a traitor mm -hmm. <laughs> denmark was organizing the evacuation why would they deport her sure right it doesn't make any sense but it was funny because a lot of people started arguing about that in the comments yeah and one of the one of the most prevalent comments that i started to actually get kind of upset about was these uh chinese nationalists these wumaos uh, calling this guy who's from Denmark um, a stupid English teacher and yeah. how can he be an English teacher in China if English isn't even his first language and he has an accent and stuff the guy 
he doesn't live in China. He's not no. an English teacher. No. He has a real job back home. Yeah, not that English teaching isn't a real job. Not saying that, but that's what's being portrayed. There is a force trying to make English teachers in China like a, a marginalized race of people. It's kind of racist that they yeah. immediately think he's an English teacher. I know, just because there's a white guy <laughs> with a Chinese wife, that means yeah. he's an English teacher. Yeah, exactly. I thought anyway, that was horrible. Especially since he isn't an English teacher, never has been. No, he yeah. doesn't live in China. Anyway, that's so, life. Yeah. yeah. So let's, we're going to hit some super chats. Before. Let's get some questions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so sorry, JPN. Uh, sympathetic demonize, demonetize. I read demonize. Donation. Keep up the good fight, gentlemen. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Finally, get a little trickle of money now. Mm -hmm. uh, William Baczynski, appreciate your hard work and info uh, you are sharing. I left Shenzhen to go home to the U.S. You guys are the best source for up-to-date info. Thank, Thank you. you. You know, <clears throat> I still obviously, I, I lived in Shenzhen for 14 and a mm -hmm. half years, right? I know that city in and out. Never mind that, the, the, just the country that we both traveled mm -hmm. around extensively. I got a lot of friends still in Shenzhen, and I keep in touch with them, doctors specifically. And it's, you know, there's a lot of issues going on in Shenzhen right now. Uh, the, it's the third people's hospital, Di San Remini Yuan, is where they're housing all the infected people. So the, the, the third people's hospital of Shenzhen. And, you know, the one thing that's been concerning me a lot, and in fact, my wife released a video yesterday on her channel, Who Knows? You know, my wife is mm. a Chinese doctor, for those of you who don't Thanks know that. that. No. Yeah, just, it's, I have to let people know. Um, and she's been getting a lot of, you know, pictures and messages. She's in constant contact with all her ex-colleagues. Obviously, she's not working there anymore right mm. now, but she's in constant contact with everyone. And part of their duties in the clinic, now this is a small community clinic because how it works is you have your big hospitals, obviously, where you have your specialists and so on. Then every community has a clinic. And for instance, her clinic is in charge of about three Xiaochu, mm. which are like neighborhoods, yeah. basically. But within those Xiaochu, you're talking like 10,000 people minimum, right? Because oh, it's all those high-rise buildings. Dude. I think it might even be about 10,000 per small per, community. Yeah. Now, there's only a small amount of doctors working in that clinic, say five of them, mm. okay? Now, they have to deal with people that are sick that are coming in all right. the time. But on top of that, what they have to do, and it's a government mandate, is... They have to go into people's homes in those communities. Anyone who's been reported sick or who has called in with a fever or something, they have to go and constantly monitor them. So once a day, they have to go and visit these people that are potentially sick. Right. Take their temperature right. and all this. But because of the lack of uh, medical protective equipment, they're doing all these like inventive things. Like um, it's quite funny because my wife showed me a picture yesterday. She put it in her, her video. And it's actually two of my former students from when I was training. No doctors. way. And uh, one of them is wearing a shower cap. Okay. The other one has a plastic bag on his head, you know, instead of like a medical right. thing. Because they just lack the equipment. And these guys have to go in to people's homes to scan their temperature and stuff. Now, this is actually a very dangerous situation. And I think this is where China's made a big mistake. Because think about it like this. If you're not well protected and you're going to a person's home who potentially has the mm. disease, mm. Uh, sorry, the virus, yeah. I always mix up disease and virus. You'll have to bear with me because a virus does cause disease. Correct. Uh, disease. So but it's, anyway, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Okay. okay, anyway. So you're walking into someone's home that potentially has this virus. You're not properly protected. You've got your shower cap on. You're doing the best you can. You've got your swimming goggles or whatever they're using, you know. Mm. And you contract this or it gets in your clothing or something. It's very durable virus. Yeah. 
Now you still have to go visit another like 12 homes before you go home yeah. yourself. Yeah. Now you're carrying that potential uh, virus from home to home to home yeah. to home. And I think this is a very, there's a lack of foresight. Mm. I mean, this should not be happening. Now, the thing that I'm most concerned about to, to finish this off is mm. that you're talking about Disan um, Yuan. Yes. That's in Shenzhen. Yeah. That's nearly a first world place. Yeah. And they don't have medical equipment. Well, what the it's, hell? It's the clinics. I don't know in the hospital. So but what well, the hell do you think okay. is happening in Hunan? Yeah. What's happening sure. in freaking in uh, rural Sichuan? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think's happening? No, they you know? they don't, they won't have anything. You see, um, they are limited, and my wife's uh, colleagues are limited to two surgical masks a day. Now it's not even N95; it's just those usual surgical masks. Right. And I think we all know that they're only effective for a very short amount of time because if they get wet. Right. They stop being effective. I mean, their effectiveness is, is questionable at this point anyway, yeah. but it's best to be safe. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, uh, I mean, they're not nearly effective as effective as like an N95, N95 etc. Yeah. But the thing is about those masks is once they get wet, they're, they're useless. Mm. They're garbage, right? And when you're breathing, the condensation from your breath <laughs> it wetens it. makes them wet. So they're only good for maybe an hour or so anyway before you have to put on a new one, mm. right? But, With heavy breathing. Yeah. Now, the thing is they are forced to only use two every day. So mm. that means they every four hours because they have eight-hour shifts, right? So every four hours they can change one. Obviously, it's going to get wet. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not adequate protection. Right. But you have a, a very good point because... Both you and I have traveled through rural China extensively. And when you pull into those little clinics or, you know, like the side of the road, you know, like those dentists and stuff where you see the blood everywhere. Oh, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? You look at the shelves and they're always like empty. You know, you've got like one little pack of antibiotics or something up there. And if you get like I got into a motorcycle accident in uh, on that road between Guilin and Yangshuo, mm. you know, that dangerous one. Very dangerous. So I pulled in like. To one of these little clinics and they didn't even have any medicine or bandages mm-hmm. that they could help me with they had Yunnan Baiao which is lucky so I got to use that but they didn't actually have any bandages to like wrap it up and stuff so when I got real sick in Guizhou I couldn't find I mean they had pharmacies but they didn't have anything I could use sure right for that illness so I think that you're right it's indicative if Shenzhen one of the first tier cities in China and my wife's clinic is in a very wealthy area. That's my point. Very, very wealthy right. area. It's not, you know, we used to live, um, you know, obviously I started off in the slummy kind of red light of districts and I moved up and up. But just before I left uh, Shenzhen for about two years, I'd been living and you went there. You mm-hmm. saw the area. It's probably like the most rich area nice, of yeah. Shenzhen. So we're it's talking, sterile. It's clean. It's got... A huge amount of Huaqiao live there. Mm. Huaqiao mean overseas Chinese. Chinese that yeah. means Chinese people that, you know, came from so American Chinese, etc. That come back and live right. in China. They call them Huaqiao. So it's got a lot of Huaqiao there. It's got a lot of... Um, it shows you because they're used to a first world Yeah, exactly. And it's got a lot of posh, rich people that live in that area that I used to live in. And that's where her clinic is based. And so if that rich clinic that services rich clients can't have the proper protective gear for their doctors in that clinic then what about the poor areas i know yeah anyway that's my thing uh, check out my wife's video by the way it does give you a little bit of insight and also to round that mm. out go check out our last adv china video mm. if you want to find out how to actually help people in china because yeah. it's dire right now yeah uh, absolutely we did some donation stuff to test it out didn't go mm. through yeah uh, so we found a new way and yeah up, update on that through. by the way we still don't have any word back no. now uh as some people have pointed out most of the kind of delivery services have been shut down in mm. China. But the one thing that they haven't shut down is the de- delivery of medical supplies. Yes. 
And our stuff was very clearly marked medical supplies. I, now I have something to say about that. What's that? I hate to keep stalling, but this is quite important information. A, mm. a subscriber that often uh, sends us super chats on here, mm -hmm. he is trying to send, I believe, a thousand masks to China. Now, I told him that the current advice that we get is maybe write office supplies on it or something, because our stuff didn't go through mm -hmm. when it was marked medical supplies, mm. right? So he talked to a woman he knows over there who said, no, definitely write that it's masks because the government told us that's what you need to write on it. Okay. So my brain started going, I was like, is that the actual, like, did it flip? Is that what you're supposed to write now? Or is it just so they can take the masks more easily? I think it's so, we'll so, find that, they out. Can, yeah, so that they can take them and use them. Right. Maybe. We'll find out. We'll find out if it goes through. Yeah. Are okay. you going to stay in touch? Um, so, let's get to the main event. Okay. And soft I'll power hour, us. because soft power is where we talk about how the government is trying to change your mind, you know, through wily little means, et cetera, et cetera. But today we have a very serious topic. And uh, <coughs> please introduce this interview. So basically, I told you I had two people that uh, managed to get out of Wuhan. Mm. We scored an interview with a woman that is currently stuck in Wuhan. Yeah. Um, and I actually, Winston, I don't want to interrupt this too much. Right. Um, if there's something really important we need to say, we can, but it's pretty poignant what she says and describes her current uh, situation. Mm -hmm. She wanted her uh, location and her identity to be hidden. Yeah. Um, so we masked her, her face and her voice. However, she did send proof of where she was. Yeah. We, um, she sent us another video where yeah. she actually showed us out of balcony and, mm, you know, where, where she lives, where she lives, et cetera. But you see, right now, I'm sure a lot of you out there know how dangerous it is to be reporting about these kind of things mm -hmm. when you're inside of China. Uh, we've seen a prominent uh, human rights lawyer, you know, the, who's just and vlogger who's just been detained and taken away. We've seen people being arrested for reporting and disappeared. You know, being a foreigner within the center of all of this, if your identity is discovered, I mean, you're just going to you're either going to be deported or you're going to be detained or you're going to be blacklisted or your visa is going to be cancelled or something's going to happen. So we respect her right to privacy. Um, and uh, we're just going to have to let this play. But we sent her a bunch of questions and asked her to uh, reply to them in a video. Yeah, we were, we're working with the software. We're like, if we have her live, how are we going to hide her identity? Because yeah, she yeah. requested that. So we just sent her the questions. We went back and forth probably 10 times. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So we're just Without gonna, further ado, she is in Wuhan. We're going to roll this. And like Seamilk uh, said, we'll... We'll pop in every once in a while just so that, uh, you know, if, if we need to say something. So without any further ado, here is our inside source in Wuhan at the moment. Hey, guys. Um, so, yeah, I am in Wuhan. Um, I'm here, like, for the same reason that many people are here. I'm teaching. So there's really nothing special about that. I want to tell you a little bit about the timeline, about the progression up to this point. So I started following this news um, when the rumors, the rumors started going around. And um, we were told that we should not talk about the SARS rumors and that it was definitely not SARS and don't worry about it, just business as usual. On, I think, December 31st, when the WHO, the WHO, was notified, um, then a lot of us here started following this news 
and for about three full weeks, we were being told there was no clear evidence of human transmission and that there was really nothing to be concerned about. Um, leading up to, I believe it was January 22nd, leading up to that day, there was really, there were really not that many people wearing masks. Um, I go outside a lot, normally, not now. Um, there were not very many people wearing masks, and I would say the level of public concern was extremely low. Um, but then, on January um, 22nd, uh, we were all notified that indeed there was clear evidence of human transmission. Um, and to that point, uh, over 10, I believe it was 14 medical workers had been infected, which of course is very clear evidence of human transmission. So that's obviously something that was concealed Personally, I believe it was deliberately concealed. I don't think it's an accident that the quarantine order went into place like a day before the federally mandated holiday. So I have a strong suspicion that there was a desire to keep people working, to basically pump as much out of the local economy as possible, before shutting things down. So I don't have any evidence of that, obviously, but that's my conjecture. After the quarantine order went into effect, um, people freaked out. Actually, starting on the night of January 22nd, there were absolute just wild, uncontained hordes of people flooding into the hospitals and um, panicking. I'm sure everyone has seen those video clips. There's one in particular I remember where there's a nurse who's screaming at people like, if you're going to act like children, then we're not going to be able to do this, and you all need to be good and, and listen up, Tinghua. Yeah, and she was yelling at them to get back and make an orderly line, and it was galling, it was horrifying to see. After the quarantine order went into effect, we were told, don't go outside, it's very dangerous. Um, but things have continued to get worse. So initially, um, none of the communities really had any safeguards in place to actually stop people from going outside. But now it's been three weeks and um, most communities have blockaded, and I mean literally, they've built walls at all but one exit. And in my particular case, the exit that is open is rather far from where I live. So it's Oh, we're also restricted, like if we want to leave the community, we can only leave once every, I think it's three days. I haven't been trying to leave um, because I'm scared. Um, I'm not in good health. 
So I, I am very afraid of going outside. Yeah. I think we should talk a little bit about what she said there, especially it's big. Yeah. In, in the beginning, you know, the, uh, the big panic and mm. rush to the hospitals. Um, I've shown clips before, but this is a real thing. Mm. I, I don't really understand the mentality behind this, but hospitals are always a very popular place to go in China. Mm. And um, if ever you've been near a Chinese hospital on any given day, especially in a big city like Shenzhen, the traffic is lined up, mm -hmm. people trying to get in there. It's always full of people. And it's not necessarily that they're sick or anything. I think they're just going in to get something done because they feel like it's something that they want to do. But rather than digressing here, let me get back on point. My wife sent me a clip when she was doing immunization. You know, immunization... Um, days come and go you know and certain times where parents have to bring their kids in to be immunized against flu or whatever or mm. whatever all the usual kid immunizations but it's scheduled right so you'll have certain days where it happens and certain times and people line up from early morning outside the doors like black friday and when they open those doors they get the almost trampled the nurses that open the doors by the parents rushing in with their kids to get immunization it's it's a mad free-for-all because in China the population is so big that if you don't act if you don't get there first if you don't push in line if you don't get to the front you, yeah you lose out that's the thing everything will be gone by the time you get there so I can understand how all of a sudden when they finally after like months two months almost of blocking all the information out they finally come out and that's, say, that's what I was gonna say it's like know? a lot of people are, are saying that people like us that are continually talking about how dangerous this could potentially be yeah and that they understand the government's uh, what's it called position on this, how they sure. why they like didn't tell everyone because they didn't want panic. I understand that panic is very very dangerous, especially yeah. in China. However, yeah. it's that timeline. It's not like the Chinese government should have gone out after a month and said we're all going to die. Yeah, right. Yeah. You probably should have dealt with it from the beginning. We're trying to point out the mistakes of how it got to here sure. now. Sure. Right. Exactly. We don't want panic either. No, of course not. so what she's saying is correct, Yeah. because when the news finally broke, when they couldn't contain it any longer, when they couldn't keep pulling the wool over everybody's eyes, people started to panic. And of course, that's probably led to mass amounts of transmission, because if everyone's yeah. crowding and shuffling and rushing to get to the hospital mm -hmm. to get checked or whatever, right. how many infected people are in amongst the crowd infecting everyone else? And if they were able to deal with that right in the beginning and go to the hospital when there's mm -hmm. not tons of crowds there... Or, Probably could have put a lid on it. Or if right in the beginning they said, guys, that's what I mean. This they disease knew, right? is going around. Don't go to the hospital. Yeah. If you have a problem, you call us and we'll come to you. Right. Because the, those mechanisms are in place. Mm. That's what my wife's clinic does. They have to go to people's houses. So why not? If you've got a fever, stay at home. Make sure that you know you don't interact with a lot of people we'll send someone to come and test you at home that would have been the best way to do it someone should make a supercut of all of our content we've made for like 10 years and see all the times we've said the way the chinese government deals with stuff is wait until it's way too bad yeah and then the methods they use to deal with it they look horrible and brutal yeah. because that's what they do they wait until it blows up exactly it's always everything a, always last minute reactionary yeah. crap anyway let's continue because she still has a lot to say yeah so uh we're going to switch you back to that let's get you back there I absolutely think it's worse than what's being reported. And 
people can have their own sort of conjecture or opinion about why that might be the case. I have very strong suspicions, but obviously I cannot say for a certainty that it's intentionally being concealed or played down. However, um, anecdotally, there are a very large number of sick people in just my community, including a number of deaths. I did not know any of those people personally, but I do know like as a, a second degree kind of connection, friend of a friend type connection, um, several people who are sick and actually several people who have died as well. I think two people who have died. So thankfully, um, no one that I'm personally connected to that I am aware of is sick, but there are also a number of people that I've been unable to get in contact with so I can't at this moment attest to their safety. Uh, yeah, you see, that's the thing. If you know certain people in your community that, uh, you know, have died, that means it's fairly serious. And, um, you know... <clears throat> your community will have up to, you know, 10 buildings sure. in one thing, right? Sure. But that, me that being said, if you know that someone's died of this in your community, mm -hmm. you better be self-quarantining. Yeah, the thing is, in Wuhan, of course, it's a, it's a lot more severe. Sure, That's the epicenter of this whole thing. But my wife also knows someone whose uh, uncle is now infected with it as well. And, uh, you know, the more you, you ask people, the more you're going to come across I don't think cases. that's an unnecessary metric anyway. It's completely unnecessary. But, I mean, it, it is one of those things. It becomes more real when yeah, somebody that you know it is does. infected. For it sure. just Suddenly, it's not just some random, you know, thing. Yeah. That's anyway, uh, was there anything else we should add on to that? No, I think no? we can keep, okay, going. We keep going. All right, we're going to switch you back to her, so here we go. Of course I've seen a lot of conflicting messages. The main thing that's disturbing me is that when the quarantine first began, we were basically told, like, the peak of the infection is coming in two weeks. Well, now it's three weeks later, and we're being told again the peak is coming in two weeks. So I just feel like that's going to be extended into infinity. And I think it's very likely that part of the reason that mantra is being repeated again and again is to keep people docile and calm. Obviously, I think obviously, there's uh, a fairly good reason for that, which is that, okay, like on the night of January 22nd, the panic and absolute just like wild out of control behavior of the public at large really made everything worse because personally, I'm quite convinced that on that night, um, probably hundreds, if not thousands of cross infections occurred in the hospital waiting rooms and the, the clinics because people lost their shit. Um, as you say, Seamilk, they went ape, okay? People went nuts, just pushing each other and crowding into these very tiny areas to get diagnosed. And at that time, I think it's unlikely that most of them were sick at all, but maybe they got sick that day.
people are being told, you know, continue with your online classes, continue with your online work, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I think the, the light at the end of the tunnel is going to always move two weeks away. Um, and I'm not honestly really sure how, for how long is that going to sort of mollify people. Because at some point, I think people maybe will notice, like, hey, you said the same thing two weeks ago, and now you're saying it again. We're being told um, that we have to report our temperature to some kind of representative from our community um, every day. And there's supposedly legal punishment if you don't or if you lie. Um, now in Wuhan and in several other cities that I'm aware of, most recently Nanjing, I think, uh, fever and cough medication are now outlawed. Like, they can't be sold by pharmacies because, um, I guess, they want to find and catch all of the infected people, there's a definite like witch hunt dynamic to what's going on. Why I didn't choose to leave, yes, I was possibly able to do that, but um, I had a lot of concern that the process of getting to the airport and in fact being on the plane itself could result in infection. And I think now there's been some evidence to support the notion that that's a reasonable fear because several of the evacuation flights from various countries had um, infected people on them. And we don't really know very much about how this disease is transmitted. I've noticed that something keeps happening where um, there will be a new alarming feature of the disease that is revealed, and then a day or two later there will be an official press release that says, oh, actually, there's no evidence of that. But then several days later we find out, no, it's true. So most recently, aerosol or airborne transmission, I don't really know what the difference is between those things. Most recently, um, I, I, someone in Shanghai or something said... Sorry, I, I just want to jump in here while she's on that point. Um, you know, it's it's true what she said is you see yeah. a lot of this backpedaling. Oh, yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Maybe you can explain why we think this, this is a thing. So uh, if you guys come from a country that doesn't have one press, <laughs> yeah. the state press, which is most likely true if you're not from China or sure. North Korea sure. right now. Um, if you come from a country that has multiple forms of press, private press, state press, all this kind of stuff, then you won't understand this. But the way China works is they have one ultimate umbrella of state mouthpiece press. Yes. And everything below that is still state mouthpiece press. But what happens is these smaller newspapers, mm -hmm. what they'll do is kind of, I'm not going to call it freedom of speech, but they'll release something to test a public reaction. Yeah. So let's say... Um, Let's say they drop this thing about like coronavirus can spread through aerosol contact, right? Yeah, yeah. They'll do that in a really local paper. Yeah. And then <clears throat> if the, the public freaks out, yeah. 
and they don't like it or it causes a significant amount of panic in like a certain area, what they'll do is retract that in the next issue yeah. and say, no, 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 it's, it's totally fine. Yeah, but they're, they're actually getting the command from Sure, and the, the bigger, the higher up newspaper will say that they were wrong. Yeah. They post a yes. you know, scapegoat. And, yeah, they use them as a scapegoat. It's, it's quite common. And they do this to test the public mm. always. They test, mm. test, test. Okay, now that's a bit too sensationalist, so we can't, you know bring that out that way it, it does happen we've seen it happen it's kind of like with those uh those mm-hmm. test boards they have before they release a show or a movie yeah and test people's reaction but this state test does screenings. it to like yeah, yeah they do it to like just stay alive now there's there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that she's saying there which is um you know news that she's getting through wechat or yeah. she's getting through just other normal news channels like the rest of us and, and some of mm-hmm. some people out there might be saying well how, how does she know anything more than we know sitting outside of China? Well, you know, th- this is a very good indicator as to what's going on in China is that she probably doesn't know any different to what we are because they have got such a tight clampdown on what's being able to be said and told and seen. What we can see, though, is her first-hand experience of what she's being told by her uh, bosses and mm-hmm. her higher-ups. Don't discuss this rumor. You're not allowed to talk about it, that it's SARS. That's what she was first told. Mm. Then it's that like, was the priority. That was the priority. You do not talk about this. Then the next thing is like, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. You know, it doesn't go human to human. Then it's like, okay, it's kind of bad, but don't worry, it's going to end in two weeks. And then two weeks finishes. Oh, don't worry, it's going to end in two weeks. So we can see a very realistic idea of what's going on from her point of view and the fact that her community has been shut down and you're Correct. not allowed out. Now, this is something that's quite widespread. Even down in Shenzhen and Guangzhou and places like that, they've pretty much shut down. And this has been going on for a while now. Mm. Um, we talked about it last time, yeah. how they've shut down all those small gardens or communities. And you're not allowed to go out. Uh, well, it depends. There's different levels of severity. There's certain areas now in certain cities where if you want to leave your apartment, you actually have to get a permission slip. Yeah. And only one person from your family can go like once every... To get food. Yeah, is it once a day or... I believe so. Yeah, I think it's once a day you're allowed to go out and come back and that's it. But you have like a kind of like a hall pass. Mm, it's a you hall know, pass. It's a hall pass to get out. But only one person from your apartment. Um, and that's kind of quite crazy. And you have to be scanned and checked your temperature when you come back in. And you're not allowed to receive any outside deliveries and things like that. Now, of course... You'll get your richer neighborhoods and your more well-to-do areas where it might not be as clamped down. It might not be exactly the same, but it's still locked down and they're still checking people coming in and out with temperatures and stuff. So if this is happening in the big first tier cities like Guangzhou and Shenzhen and stuff, you know, the smaller ones are just completely blocked off. You know, it's it's way worse there. Not to not to. Mm-hmm. beat a dead horse here but we've talked about how bribery is always a possibility as well of course especially in places outside of first tier cities that's very true anyway let's uh, get back to what she was saying so yep. what she where where we finished off was the fact that she was saying they keep announcing things and then retracting it and then later on saying that oh it's actually true anyway yep, i can confirm that yeah absolutely so let's get back to what she was saying and- some scientists there said, like, yes, there is evidence of aerosol transmission, and people need to be aware of this. And then all of these videos from doctors and nurses started circulating on Chinese social media about how to keep yourself safe if there's an airborne respiratory disease. And then a day or two later, um, some other scientists from the National Health Commission were saying, actually, there's no evidence of that. So I kind of this as like a trial balloon system like let's reveal the next alarming feature of what's going on in in drips and drabs so that and and let's also like test the public reaction to make sure that it's not too scary and if it's too scary we'll try to 
we'll try to roll it back. We'll try to pretend, no, that's not really what's going on. How long do I think this is going to last? Um, yeah, so we are being assured that the epidemic will be under control and basically totally over by the end of February. I don't buy that at all. Like, I want, I want so much to be hopeful, but everything I've seen, especially from the, the period leading up to January 22nd, everything I've seen does not give me very much hope. And the amount of international spread and local transmission in foreign countries now is super concerning because it's basically too out of control to be dealt with properly at this point. And yes, I see that as being directly related to the fact that nothing was done from January 1st until January 22nd. Nothing concrete or material was done to sort of bring things under control or put put a stop to this. Um, so, so personally, I think this is probably going to go on until summer. I don't have any hope that the quarantine is going to be lifted before, let's say, June at the earliest. And I think it's important to be realistic and not deceitful with people about this because if you just continue telling people like, oh, you're going to be able to go outside in two weeks, oh no, two more weeks, two more weeks, people are going to get angry. And this is a recipe for disaster. I'm watching a horror unfold in slow motion at every stage there's an opportunity to intervene, to do something, to sort of mitigate the damage, and those things are not being done. Um, yes, there are all of these really strict control measures in place, but at least in Hubei province, containment has failed. It's not working. Yeah, yeah, I think I can agree with her on mm. the fact that it's not well, just by the numbers that we know, mm. yeah. or that we don't know, that the Chinese government tells us. Mm. If they're hyper-containing right now, and that's their success story, yeah. right? L look, look at how bad it is. Absolutely. It's probably a little too, too little too late. But what they're trying to do right now, and rightly so, is prevent the spread of the virus. One thing that is really working against this, and you... you you can try to blame the government, but it's not really their fault, is the the stubbornness of that older generation. Mm -hmm. How many videos and stories and so on have you seen or heard of these stubborn pieces of shit who refuse to adhere to the quarantine? Mm -hmm. What do they do? They swim across a river to get out of their village to go elsewhere. They, they drive through barricades. They drive through They've killed people. You know, what was that last week? A guy, the medical, uh, like a medical person who has to check to come in and out said, no, you're not allowed to leave. So he just killed them to leave. Okay, this is the kind of stuff that's happening. These are real news stories. You can look mm. them up. Um, you've got this really stubborn 
shitty generation. Mm. We've seen the videos where people are like, put, put on a mask, you know, because now you have to put on a mask in public. And, like, I don't need a yeah. goddamn mask. Yeah, and they're like, I don't have to wear a mask or I've got a mask at home. I'm not going to wear a mask now. They're like, no, listen, wear a mask. And it gets to a point where the police have to tackle them to the ground, beat them up, drag them away just because they won't put on a mask. You said it's the uh, maybe the lack of education from the last generation. I will agree with that and add on the importance of face in China. Yeah, it's if about you tell face. someone what to do and they disagree with you or they think they're embarrassed because the crowd of people saying, no, you need to do that, they'll yeah. be defiant as hell. Super defiant. Face that's, is poison. That That's why you can see the government reacted in the same right. way. Right. When everyone's like, listen, oh, there's a problem. Society. It's a freaking problem. Why aren't you doing anything about it? They're like, don't tell us what to do. It's fine. You know, right. just ignore it. Go away. It's not your problem. You know, that right. kind of thing. And that's that's what we're seeing. You can see it from that behavior because it's the same sort of generation that are running the country. At the Correct. Moment, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we've got we got a bunch of footage, which we're going to save for next time of that same generation walking around purposefully spitting on doorknobs, spitting on food, spitting, um, you know, on buttons in the elevator and stuff to spread the disease. And that has a something to do with the mentality of that generation mm-hmm. as well. And we're going to have to talk about that and bring that up. But that mm-hmm. deserves its whole own episode. For sure. Anyway. Uh, let's, 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 she has one more question. She, she has one more question to answer. So let's get back to her. Uh, back to you. My life in quarantine is shitty and depressing. I'm alone. Don't have anyone to talk to. I am eating very infrequently because I don't want to need to go outside to get more food. I'm scared. I'm anxious. I'm not sleeping well. And I know from communicating with other expats here that many other people are in exactly the same condition, including a lot of people who had no option to leave, even if they had wanted to. I personally do believe that This virus probably has a similar origin to the SARS virus, which is that it's due to basically extremely awful public sanitation on the one hand, and then on the other hand, these beliefs about eating rare endangered animals that it'll give you energy or cure your cancer or make your skin beautiful or make your penis longer or whatever. Um, And also, indeed, just rich people wanting to eat rare endangered animals just to sort of, you know, pop their collars a little bit. Sorry, I just wanted to jump in here. And I I agree. I actually agree with her 100%. Mm. This is a sick part of Chinese society. This idea that eating random animal bits and stuff does something special, it's got some kind of magical powers. Now, this would be all good and well if it was sustainable and it was healthy and safe, but it's not. We're talking about people eating random bushmeat. We're talking about people decimating the world's rare animals like mm. rhinos for rhino horns and pangolins for their scales and what have you. It's despicable. Um, and Things like businessmen, like she said, if rich people have a lot of money, they want to prove they have a lot of money, they pay for things like tiger meat, you know? There there are restaurants that cater to this specifically. Well, I mean, a couple of years ago, they arrested a Guangdong businessman for, you know, like eating a a tiger. He paid for a tiger to be killed. But that's just, he was unlucky and he got caught. But I'm just saying that this is the kind of thing that leads to this nonsense as well, is this 
I guess my whole point is mm. without con- I'm not going to condemn the people that are I don't know too dumb to not eat wild meat, or mm-hmm. the people that are selfish enough for that. What I, the reason yeah. I don't want to condemn them is because the government, if they have the capability, just like the Western media says, yeah. look at this amazing government hospital in ten days. Who, what other country could quarantine this fast? This would never be as successful in Western countries. Look at the amazing power of the Chinese government. Well, the where's their goddamn power yeah. when they're trying to stop the spread of uh, a wild meat trade, wild animal trade? Well, because they don't stop it. Here's the thing. Um, it's not illegal to eat wild meat in China. No, anyway. but when they, there are certain things that are banned, right? Yeah. That does not stop yeah. them doing it. Sure. You understand? Like, it doesn't stop them at all. They have the power to stop they it. They say, uh, don't do it because it, it'll lose face in the international community. But I wanted like, to link yeah. it to every single problem in China. Anything that you think is illegal in China is illegal on paper, but can always be done. Yeah. Look at prostitution. You can find drugs. All the stuff that's illegal that, got, that China claims to not have a problem with is rampant. It's it's out in the open. Right. That's the thing that that's what really pisses me off is like if you if you're in America here, you don't see the illegal stuff out in your face. No, you don't see a billboard that says "Come to this brothel." Yeah. <laughs> you know what if I mean? you go to like a seedy part of like downtown, you might see a streetwalker. You'll see like a uh, maybe a drug dealer or mm. something like that, and that's you know it's wrong. You know they're doing something illegal, but in China. Where are you shopping for your vegetables with your two-year-old daughter? There's stickers for prostitutes with, like, basically porn Yeah, right there. Mm. Everywhere. Know? Yeah, all oh, over I wish the we place. had that clip. Remember that one with, like, there's, like, 50 on the ground? I've, I've still got that. <laughs> it's still, downtown. Yeah, yeah, I've still got that. I'll be showing that at some point. Okay. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I mean, this is just back to that whole point. Mm. Um, what she's saying about the, the unsanitary conditions, and here's another thing about Everyone's like, no other country would be able to do... No other country would have to worry about this. You know why? Because we have basic sanitation in place. And mm. uh, it's it's a cultural thing. It's a societal thing where people are taught to, you know, do basic hygiene, things like washing your hands, don't spit in public, don't blow your nose on the street, don't let your children urinate, make your children urinate on the street or defecate. These basic things that you don't find outside of China for the most part, of course you do find them, you know, there are certain places that you do, but I'm saying most countries don't have this issue anymore. And I think we've all outgrown it. I think that's not, if you're going to claim to be uh, on par with Western Mm -hmm. nations like China continues to do right now, Mm -hmm. they say, first they say we're a developing nation, so we need foreign aid. Then they'll say, no, we're richer than everyone in the entire world. Well, they don't, certainly don't act like it right now, at least the government. So... That whole argument that, uh, you know, no other country would be able to do this, I think it, it kind of loses all of its luster when you start to talk about the fact that other countries don't allow spitting in public all over the place. Because that's what's spreading this In thing. a myriad of other problems. Yeah, of course. Um, so it is definitely down to lack of personal hygiene. Uh, I'm going to stick with this because there's all those weird conspiracy theories about bio labs and blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to... so we find if, out. If it ever happens to be that, I'll, I'll eat my words. Me but too. it's pretty much... This lack of hygiene, the way that they take, you know, these random animals, which I'm going to go in, in depth. I'm going to actually show footage in my next oh, video on Friday. So times, yeah, stuff that we've come across ourselves. I'm going to show things that I've actually filmed myself of this weird random animal crap all over China. And they kind of throw them in little cages and they sell them to be eaten in these markets. And they're just random animals that are pulled out of the bush. They're not checked they're not they don't have vaccinations they're not clean you know they're not given any kind of anything they're just random take it from the bush 
Sell it for someone to eat. And this is an argument to, and I would probably cover this, this is mm. an argument to the 90%, let's just say 90% of Chinese people that do not participate in this yeah. and probably haven't even seen it before, yeah. that are defiantly defending China, saying that they don't do that and that's fake. That's the problem is that the 10%, 5%, even 1% of people are ruining it for you guys. Sure. You're making China look bad, right? Yeah. And you are, uh, these people are spreading these kind of viruses. We're right? going to get... get uh, I'm we'll we'll get, get into that. Yeah, and I'm going to get in depth on this on Friday. We've got to let her finish uh, what she was saying. She's almost done. So let's get back to her. And I, I, I find all of that unacceptable to put the life and safety of everyone on the planet in danger for those reasons is just, it's unthinkable to me. And despite what the propaganda organs are saying, I personally see no evidence that anything is slowing down. Just today they added like almost 15,000 new cases because they they adjusted the diagnostic criteria like why wasn't that done to begin with is it possibly because there was a huge number of people sick and dying and it would create mass panic if we just revealed the actuality of of the scale of what's going on that's what i think um of course everyone's allowed to have their own opinion yeah, I want to I wanna end on a hopeful note, but I, I don't have one. Things look bad, and I, I don't see any evidence that they're improving. Well, there it is, straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Someone who's actually stuck there in, in Wuhan at the moment. Yeah, uh, we can only wish her the best. I want to say thank you to her for agreeing to do that. Yeah, it, ta- it, takes, it takes a lot of courage to... It does and i can understand how how terrible it is to be in that current situation mm-hmm. um i've been in some pretty hair-raising situations in my life and especially right now she must feel as if um she's pretty much on her own and there's no one there to really help her and it's it must be horribly frightening especially with the idea that just going outside of your apartment could subject you to this deadly virus my heart goes out there and everyone in wuhan mm. it's got to be a freaking nightmare absolutely um, but I think it is time mm-hmm. to move on. Yeah, it's time for us to do a couple of uh, super, chats. super chats and then we'll move on to our next section. All right, next mm-hmm. we have... Uh, da, 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 da. Let me catch up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the lack of any feedback from African states is due to Chinese pressure? Love you guys. Um, I, whew, You know, there's a, problem a with, there's a problem with Africa right now. and Well, there's a problem with Africa and that is... So many atrocities and bad things go on in Africa. No one ever hears about that. And that's due to the lack of infrastructure, the lack of communication organs, the fact that you just don't have, you know, like in the the rest of the world, this very connected sort of thing. You know, um, you can be driving in even the most built up parts of Africa, like South Africa. You can just drive a little bit outside the cities and you can't get a cell phone signal. All right. So you have situations where an entire village will die of AIDS. And they will only be discovered like months later Mm. because nobody knew, you know, that kind of thing. So the potential for this virus to, you know, latch on, especially in rural Africa and not to be heard about. No, no one knows what's going on is is massive, Mm. you know, and I really hope it doesn't get down to that because it's it's a tough it's tough, man. Africans have it tough anyway. 
And things like Ebola still go on around in Africa. It's not completely mm-hmm. eliminated. You know, you still have all these outbreaks. We've got tsetse flies and stuff. You know, we've got stupid malaria everywhere. All these kind of diseases that the, the rest of the world more or less takes for granted as having already been defeated mm. are still alive and well and affecting people in Africa. And right. I've seen the devastation that it wrecks right. in especially the more rural parts of Africa. That's right. So all I can hope is that it doesn't you know, reach Africa. And if it has reached Africa, that it stays very localized and it doesn't spread. Right. Yeah. Uh, Daniel P., Wow, that is generous. Thank you so much. Half of you guys have to send to support your contacts in China. We've talked about that in ADV China's last video. So if you want to see how to help out, it's not necessarily to send money to us. It's to yeah. find people. We actually prefer there. if you find people and send money directly to them. Um, any, you any, can diversify yeah. the, the locations. Any money that's been sent to us with the purpose like this of being sent, we will forward it on. But like like we said, uh, we don't want to be held responsible for mm. taking But I appreciate he's bringing awareness yeah, to this yeah. in the Super Chat. This is awesome. Mm. And we will make sure your money goes to work. Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, we've, are, as you we've already, like, like we said, on the 27th, we sent a bunch of masks that haven't made it through yet, masks and medical supplies. And we've been sending money to our friends that we can trust mm-hmm. through WeChat to try and help on the ground. And... We're trying to help raise awareness. I think that's one of the biggest things we're trying to do to help because the more people know about what's going on there, the more we can pressure the Chinese government and the various people like the WHO and to stop underplaying these situations mm. and actually make sure that these kind of things don't happen again in the future. Correct. I'll just finish his message. Right. I uh, love you guys. Thank you for the passion and effort you guys put into your work, especially during the crisis. I have friends in several Chinese cities and family in Hong Kong, and I'm following closely. Thanks. Thank yeah. you, Daniel. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Daniel. Mm. Uh, do one more and then we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Yamazaki said, Winston, do you see any similarities with the... Um, Between the Kroger and genophage and the coronavirus? Oh. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's not going to render anyone sterile. So I think it's okay. And the Solarians aren't going to come help us out this time. So Cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, last segment. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Next segment. Sorry. Um, we have Guanxi Corner. Where Sorry, we talk not the about, last segment. We talk about anything relationship-wise when it comes to either personal relationships, romantic, or business relationships when it comes to this, China. This one's going to be an easy one. Okay. Uh, this guy says, I left, or girl, I actually don't know. I left China in November, and I feel I now feel quite lucky. My question is, when foreigners get evacuated from China, what happens when they arrive in their home country? Did a whole video on that. Yeah, you can actually just go um, see. Yeah, so story. basically it covers an American, his Chinese wife and son, mm-hmm. uh, that got evacuated. They ended up in Nebraska, mm-hmm. even though he's from California. Yeah. He had to like transfer a bunch of places. And then the Danish guy had to go to a military airport in France, and then Belgium, and then... Uh, Denmark, but it's a really fascinating story, so go check that out. I actually have something to throw in there because I got a comment on, uh, I don't know if it was my latest video or one of the videos we made, either way, I read a comment by someone who's like, you are peddling racism. My Chinese girlfriend has just come back from China and she's worried that if she goes out, she's going to have to face racism because of stuff you guys say type thing. And first of all, I'm appalled that you would want her to be going out if she's just got back from China. She should be quarantined. (laughs) You are a piece of garbage if you're letting her just go wander around in public if she's just got back from China. I don't care if she's Chinese, Spanish, white, black, green, brown, purple, you name it. It doesn't matter who she is. If she's just got back from China, you better make sure that she self-quarantines for two weeks. This is not a racial thing. This is a... This is a common sense thing, and this is all about making sure this virus doesn't spread. And if you are responsible for that spreading, um, then you're the bad guy here. Right. And there's nothing racist about staying away from potential hotspots. And I've had this conversation. We, we've had yeah, this yeah. conversation a lot. And our Chinese parents-in-law 
who are in America. Who are here now. They refuse to go to the 99 Ranch. Because they know the people places. just got off the plane from yeah. China. So are you going to call them racist? Uh, all no, the, no. Okay, how about no. in Canada? The, the, there's a restaurant that put up a sign. Sorry, we're not going to serve any, any Chinese people here. Any Chinese students are not allowed to come in here anymore for the next two weeks. Racist, right? You know what kind of a restaurant it was? It's a Chinese restaurant. It's a Chinese restaurant run by Chinese people. They had to make a public apology. The Chinese people actually understand the danger of this. And they don't have this, this racism boogeyman getting in the way of common sense because they're just inherently just very... Why don't we take race out of this yeah. entire virus? Yeah. Seriously. It's got nothing to do... All the way do. up to the who, down to you on the ground. If you're not racist, don't yeah. be racist. It's got be nothing careful. to do with race. We know where it comes from. It has to do with a country, yes. But remember, you've got... Let me clear something up here very quickly, if you don't mind. Zhongguoren and Huaren. There's two different terms. Zhongguoren means Chinese as in the nationality, as in I'm a Chinese person from China. Mm, I, China. I have a Chinese passport. I was born here. Huaren is ethnically Chinese, mm. okay? That's why you like Hua, hua Chiao mm. means, you know, like the, the, the bridge, mm. you know, Hua bridge person. Hua, Huaren are ethnic Chinese people. So Taiwanese or Hong Kongese mm. or it, the people Chinese in si Singapore, Chinese Americans. That just means your blood. Right, mm. ethnically. Your race. Okay. When we say Chinese people, we mean the, the nationality. So people traveling out of China. We're not talking about the Chinese ethnicity because that's We don't vast. even need to say We could just say people traveling from China. I don't yeah. care if you're white. Yeah. Here we if, go. if you're coming from China, you need to self-quarantine. Yeah. And yeah. be very careful that you don't spread it around the world. Absolutely right. Yeah. Right? Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Got um, another one there? Sure. Uh, I got to stay awesome. We got screw the WHO. <laughs> exactly. Screw the WHO and Tedros... I, they just the, need to restructure because it's a good organization with good purpose. Yes. But it is failing right now. They are misleading so many people and potentially putting so many people at risk because of their stupid rhetoric and they're pandering to the CCP rather than doing their job. You've got one job. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Be transparent with the rest of the world, please. Yeah. Uh, thanks for keeping us updated with the truth. Thank you mm. for all your efforts. Keep up the great work, boys. Thank you. Very generous. Appreciate it. Um, I'm sorry, it just keeps snapping. It's because right now we're currently, uh, well, okay, no, just, let's do another one, then we've got our last segment. Sure. Mm. Uh, here's some cash for some silver bullets to refresh your minds and bodies so you can keep <laughs> exposing the incompetence and negligence of the CCP policies. Hope to see a totally free China in our lifetimes, and that's our goal as well. Thank you. That's, that's what we really like nice. as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Mm. Okay. Our last segment, of course, is Worldview, where we talk about... Mm everything happening in the world sometimes and most of the time still got something to do with china but what do we have for worldview today so i'm going to be dancing on a little bit of a tightrope here okay to avoid whataboutism mm. i'm vehemently against whataboutism i yes, hate it me too um that being said there might be a sprinkle of that in here and it's not for the face of my country and it's not for the pride of being an american okay um there is this huge CCP campaign on Chinese media. Uh, there's this one woman, I forgot her name, she's got short hair. Another she one. just blasts, just blasts uh, foreign, uh, foreign media, journalists, people in uh, CCP rhetoric in English, in perfect yeah, English. Yeah. But anyway, she's got that kind of pseudo British accent. Yeah, very one. like Ponzi. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, that, that aside, like in every publication, whether it be in Chinese or in English, right now, the, the very, uh, what's it called, fashionable thing to say is that look at all the countries that are helping us, Pakistan, all this kind of stuff, and they name off like the very few marginal allies that they have. Yeah. And they say, and look at countries like evil America. They, they haven't done anything to help us. They're trying to turn this into an anti-China campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, they're trying to make this a race issue. They're trying to do all this kind of stuff, and we're like, wait a minute, what? Then they go on to say that the U.S. has not donated anything or contributed anything 
to the relief efforts for the coronavirus. When, number one, they won't let the CDC in. This is actually frustrating the hell out of me. From the get-go, America's been saying, we want to send, you know, expert virologists right. and we want to send scientists and stuff over to help and we want to send people over to help. And China's just been stonewalling the whole time. And we're talking about organizations with a very good track record the CDC. of de- defeating this kind the CDC. of stuff. Dude, the, some of the best scientists in the world, mm. right? Yeah. But no, China, what the hell are you hiding then? Exactly. You can't write sad, like, piss pieces about how America is so mean because they're not donating anything when they've already extended all of this help, right? It doesn't even matter what their motives are at this point. You accept that help because it's an international crisis, which the WHO said. So shouldn't you listen to other countries? Well, another thing I'm just going to put in here is that they have accepted a, a task force from the WHO only to go through. But America's still sitting there saying, well... Who can we put on that? Can you get back to us? Can we actually put real scientists and like, there? America has offered no help. They keep saying that. Yeah. NCCTV, everything. They're like, yeah. America's offered no help. Meanwhile, they pledged $100 million. Yeah, America pledged $100 million. One of the <laughs> biggest, don- if not the biggest donator to medical supplies for this crisis right now. Yeah. I don't need China or CCP. I'm talking to you guys again. I always do this at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need you to say thank you to America. I actually don't care. But what I need you to stop doing is to change everybody's uh, mind within China and militantly turn them against the foreign world at this moment of international crisis when mm-hmm. everyone actually, why don't you, why don't you uh, practice what you preach? The world needs to come together and stop hating us for this. Yeah, that's what the world's trying to do. Yeah. So let people in, figure out what the hell's going on. And actually maybe show a little bit of gratitude for the hundreds of millions of dollars in medical equipment people keep sending you. And yeah. people like us on the ground that are sending, sending stuff. Absolutely. Right? I don't care if you offend my country. I actually don't care. But I'm going to end this with saying, stop lying to your people. Stop spouting all this bullshit rhetoric saying that we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't demonize the Chinese government right now in this time of crisis. And the Western countries are so mean because they won't help us. That's yeah. that's bullshit. Absolutely. Absolutely bullshit. I, I concur. And at the same time, um, I wanted to finish off by pointing out this big jump in numbers that we saw. Okay. Okay. As everyone knows, yesterday we saw a massive jump. What, 15,000? Yeah, 15, or 15,000 yeah. 15, cases all of a sudden. Bam. Right. And that's because they decided they're going to change their, their numbers. Now, they previously changed, decided they were going to change their numbers to not include anyone that was... Uh, asymptomatic but still infected but now they've included people that kind of uh, clinically match up to uh, having the the disease sorry the virus because Mm. previously they had to run these test kits which have proven to be kind of janky anyway they don't work they provide false negatives all the time and they didn't have enough of them right they've run out of test kits so they were if someone tested positive using one of these test kits that's like okay that's an official number this is according to what they're saying anyway i still don't buy it no. Anyway, now they decided. Disclaimer. Now they decided. Okay, well, the other people that we didn't have the test kits to test, but we tested them, and they're coughing their lungs out. They've got the CT scan; looks exactly the same as someone with this virus. They're dead or they're dying or whatever. Yeah. Okay, we'll include those now as actually people that are infected as well. And you better because there's no way you suddenly have fifteen thousand cases of random pneumonia, mm. which is what they were marking them down as. Oh, they just have pneumonia. They just have pneumonia. Ah, oh, there's another person. Oh, just pneumonia. Fifteen thousand people. They just happened to go out on a cold day and catch pneumonia. No, they had the virus. You knew they had the virus. You just didn't want to put them in because it would inflate the numbers and you don't want that. On top of that, the people that are being just dying and being misdiagnosed as having the wrong thing, which has been proven now, 
You know, those people aren't being counted. The numbers are much, much, much higher than what we're being told. This we is got to drill that home. Yeah, this this is not some like tinfoil hat conspiracy theory bullshit. This is just fact that we can take by looking at the news and seeing what's coming out from real people. And as as always, it usually takes a foreigner to bring this stuff out. But a Japanese man was died of the virus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And on In his China. yeah, and on his certificate they wrote viral pneumonia, not the coronavirus, viral pneumonia. And it's his family were like, wait, that's not what you told us. He died of the virus. Why are you saying viral pneumonia? So, if so this, how many people have that yeah, how, on their death certificate? How many people have been uh, burned immediately? You know, because they've been cremating that's people. The, the, yeah, the what's it called protocol? Yeah. Oh, they die. They have to get in th- within thirty minutes. Mm. They're supposed to go and get cremated. How many people have been written down as like some other random thing rather than the actual virus, just so the numbers can stay low, you know, because it doesn't make sense. The number of deaths compared to uh, the amount of infections and so the on. number of calls to crematorium saying where they're crying, saying they're overrun. They've never seen this many bodies before. Mm-hmm. They can't keep up. How do if you look at the actual number of deaths uh, around a thousand, mm-hmm. how does that add up? It doesn't in a city of 11 million people. No, it doesn't add up. The, look. Again, just, the, the just truth, use your brain. The truth will probably always be shrouded in a bit of mystery, but we'll probably find a, certain, out more. a certain amount of truth yeah. will always out. And so we will eventually have a clearer picture of what's been going on. But again, I suspect the reason why they've been stonewalling and not allowing international experts to come in and help is because they don't want people to see the real deal. Of oh, yeah, that was on. rhetorical when I said, what are you hiding? Yeah, they know yeah, what totally. they're hiding. Yeah, totally. And it's very transparent. Yeah. Cool. Anyway. Uh, let's move on to segment? our last segment, which is, of course, the questions and answers, everybody, where we answer your questions. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what is like uh, what is like living in the most underdeveloped provinces of China? Like, it feels like people exaggerate the poverty. I recommend you go watch uh, Conquering Southern China. Yeah, watch Conquering Southern China. Although we didn't really show you the most poverty kind of stuff. Yeah, you get it was a good more idea. of a positive yeah. thing. But at the yeah. same time, um, I would say if people are telling you that everyone in China is starving, then they are exaggerating it yeah, dramatically. Totally. It is yeah. not the same as going to Somalia or something. No, no, no. no. Uh, that being said, in rural China, I think the majority of people actually don't think it's as bad as it actually yeah, it is, is it's right? pretty bad you know it's... you you drive through small villages and you will have situations where you know you've got kids walking around without shoes yeah, you know you've yeah. got people that are living very thin, in very thin people living in very very bad living conditions right. like horrible horrible living conditions no windows living in weird little concrete mud sh- shack mud hut things people living in caves and stuff it's a real thing yeah and the more you travel through rural China, it's the boring. more you'll see. But the, at the same time, though, you do tend to get a feeling that everyone's kind of sorted and being taken. Yeah, care. it's not like the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Right. But at the same time, the poverty is real. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's for super sure. real. And you see that when you get out of the big cities. And yeah. not many people actually get that opportunity because if you hop in a car and you travel, um, you know, from one side of the country to the other, you're probably taking all the big highways. Mm-hmm. And the big highways stay away. You don't see anything. You don't see anything. So when you take the small roads, like we had to on our motorcycles, and you ride through the mountains, you ride through the valleys, you ride through the the countryside, yeah. That's when you come into these small villages. They've never seen a foreigner before. Mm. You come into these weird situations where you just see madness around you. Remember yeah. the remember that guy on the on the bike? <laughs> oh yeah, who was like beating up his grandmother and tying her to the back of a of a motorcycle? You know that. Yeah, but things... nobody does anything. It's yeah, that kind of stuff. It's... Like everyone knows who he is. Like it's I, crazy. I hope that was his grandmother. I think. Anyway, like there are things that you 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 just have to see in order to believe. Mm. Luckily, um, you know. 
I've managed to film a bunch of stuff, which I'm going to start I releasing. Hope, I hope we can use that footage someday. Yeah, one of these days. Yeah, anyway. Um, speaking of evacuation by different countries, China is currently preventing and holding Taiwanese tourists and businessmen in Wuhan from evacuation as hostages to essentially try to force Taiwan's government to recognize the one-child policy. Well, it doesn't surprise me. I, I, I thought they'd resolved that, though. I think they? so. I, I think they, so. I think they'd resolved that. I'll I think, look into that, though. Yeah. I, I was pretty sure they resolved Either that. way, you can always count on the CCP to be childish when it comes to Taiwan. Um, I mean, they were just doing military exercises to scare Taiwan. Yeah, why would you choose jets. now? Right now, dude, put all those millions of dollars in jet fuel and the freaking medicine and, and research and, and quarantine uh, supplies. Yeah, rather let's rather fly out. Why don't you take those jets and drop off some food supplies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you don't really use jets to drop off cargo. It was a I, yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe put that, that fuel into some <laughs> cargo planes and do the same thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Deanne Chapman, thanks, bro. You are amazing. Appreciate it. Uh, Htria88, uh, keep up the great work. I'm holidaying in Phuket in a WK, and what? it's scary. In a week. Oh, in a week. Sorry. In a week. The Thai government hasn't restricted travel. Chinese flocking to Thai is a stepping stone to getting out. Thai government priori- prioritizing tourism revenue. That's a yeah. that's a tough one because the whole Thai economy is based what on is it? tourism. 70-90% of their economy is tourism. At yeah. the same time, dude, is your country equipped to deal with it? Yes, their healthcare is much better than China. I mm-hmm. do understand that. Much, much better. Right. But do they have the facilities? Do they have the manpower to actually sort this out? Is it worth it? The potential cost of this epidemic, right? Time Number two. To tell. I don't think your country should be a conduit for this. And it's well known that a lot of people are kind of just chilling out there after they fresh off the boat from China. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah. You know, and what's even worse is maybe, let's say, cosmically, uh, future Thailand can deal with it. Hmm. What about the porous border in Burma? What do you think Burma's going to do if they get it? Hugely populated country, very impoverished. Yeah, unfortunately, what we're seeing is we're seeing a situation where, like you say, people are using it as a conduit. Yeah. So they pop off over into Thailand and then they fly from there to mm. wherever. And um, that potentially could lead to infections getting into countries. They're circumventing quarantine, basically. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's not something we, we want to see. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally understand. And thank mm. you for telling us about that. Uh, Star of Text, thanks for all the content. Thank you very much. Sure. Uh, gaming Goodness, thank you. Heath Runyon, thank you. Funbot. Uh, CCP have just gunned down innocent people in the street. We can't confirm that. Um, we we've have still, seen a lot seen, of videos. We've of seen them. videos, and we don't like to just jump on these because whenever there's a crisis, and you can back me up here, yeah. right? Think about whenever there's a flood or like heavy rains. Mm. How many times do you see people sending? We even Viz. made we even made up this like meme because <laughs> every single time, you know, he lived in Huaizhou, I lived mm. in Shenzhen, so. They're big rains, and we have these massive rains in summer it does in Guangdong, right? And yes, you get flooding. So all of a sudden, because there's heavy rains, you start seeing on your phone all these videos of, like, people flooded in that buses did. and, <laughs> you know, like, the whole street. And I'm like... And they're real videos. Yeah, they're real videos, but they're, like, from five years ago or something. So I'm like, hey, Seamilk, is this happening? And you look out your window, like, nope. No, and it's, like, yeah. sunny out. Yeah, and then the same thing for Shenzhen. He'll be like, is that happening? And I'm look at, nope. That you being know? said... <laughs> That's yeah. the unfortunate cause of, yeah. of uh, trickle-down media or yeah. huge censorship is you don't know what's real anymore. Yeah, you, you don't know. And yes, I did see people in hazmat suits and dead people with gunshot yeah. wounds. I yeah, did yeah. see that. It's probably not from the past. No, but... it's probably from now, but who knows what the circumstances were. And to Maybe jump they're, on they're something on that, someone. yeah, I don't know. I, 
we really need to make sure we have our facts straight because yes. there's no point in disseminating misinformation no. during a time like and this. And there are a lot of people doing yeah. that. Well, absolutely. That's what we're making these videos for is because there's so much bloody misinformation, mm. specifically from the Chinese government, that's preventing people from taking proper measures right. and protecting themselves. They're mis they're, I think the, mm -hmm. the guests that we had on earlier said yeah. it really, really well. When you keep lying just to calm people down and save face, mm. eventually there's a breaking point yeah. where number one, you lose trust, and number two, you cause more panic in the end. You do. Because people don't know what the hell's going on anymore. Right. Right. It's like saying there's a there's a freaking bear outside of your window, and everyone around you is like, there's no bear outside your window. And you're like, no, seriously, there's a freaking bear outside my window. Yeah. And then they calm you down, take you out of the room, and you come back, and every day that bear's still looking at you in the window, right? Eventually, yeah. you're going to be like, screw these people. There's a freaking bear in my window. And they'll say, oh, yeah, well, back in your hometown, there's a wolf outside your <laughs> that, window. That would be the Chinese way <laughs> Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> think this bear is bad? You should see the wolves that hang around in your backyard. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, let's exactly. deal with the problem that's here right now, guys. Seriously. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Peter Blantastic, the West learned from Spanish flu. Hopefully China learns from this. Wash your hands with soap. And that is a huge problem. There's no soap in Chinese, most of Chinese bathrooms or hospitals. Yeah. Now, this being said, I've been to plenty of hospitals that did have soap dispensaries in the bathrooms. But these are like the more posh ones. Don't forget, I used to train doctors. I used to yeah, go to private, all the hospitals. hospitals. A lot of the smaller ones, the clinics and stuff don't. And I have footage, which we can show next time if anyone's interested, of the time I went to get a tetanus shot. In fact, I got a video about getting a tetanus shot. And the nurse... No gloves, didn't wash her hands. She comes in and she's poking me and gives me my, gives me my tetanus shot. She's touching me all over my arm and stuff. There's blood because she didn't do a good job. So there's blood. She didn't even cover it afterwards. She's just You're like, like bleeding everywhere. Just, just, just like, okay, uh, hang on. It's like, psh, yeah, exactly. So there's blood coming out there. No gloves. And then she treats the next patient. So with a, a virus like this that can, you know, be transmitted through droplets and stuff. So, you know, touch is a big big factor here if she's doing that and then doing it to the next person the next person giving them shots or whatever right this kind of thing spreads it's yeah. bad and she's not washing her hands in between patients no. well the um, thing is like yes you saw soap in some of the hospitals you have to agree that the wide majority of hospitals sure. in china do not have soap. yeah absolutely and no, i'm going to agree with you and there an and uh, there's another thing about the spanish flu is that if you do a little bit of research into history it was after the spanish flu and during the spanish flu outbreak that spitting suddenly became taboo mm. Big signs everywhere saying, don't spit, you're spreading disease, you're spreading death. And I think it was that was the turning point where the West stopped spitting like China still does to this day. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, a race thing. It would, people just eventually stop out of fear. I think you know, it's, out of it's, education. it's out of education. It's out of civilization as well. Sure. I think you get to a point in civilization where you realize certain things like talking with your mouth full, farting in public, you know, spitting on the floor. The, urinating in public is bad people in taiwan are chinese and they don't do that they don't do it at all it's incredibly civilized there and uh you know there'll be people that are like oh i see drunk people pissing on the streets all the time yeah well those are drunk people yeah come on let them piss yeah <laughs> come on kevin uh thank you <laughs> yeah. very much very generous as i don't have any friends in china may i ask you to forward a portion of this to your contacts thank you we yeah, absolutely, absolutely will yeah. kevin thank you uh, Noel Ebert, uh, I rely on all y'all's channel for honest Chinese information. Thanks for the hard work. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, what will the effect of the coronavirus be on China's GDP? Could it drop to U.S. levels worldwide recession? Um, it's going to be big. The thing is, but what's the projection? Yeah. 
currently the GDP figures coming out of China are false anyway. And yeah, they all, like, they have been for years. Yeah. And China even admitted to it. So right. it's not like we're oh we're just this no, and that. No. Recently, China admitted that up to 30% of the GDP numbers are all false in most of the provinces and stuff. And it's the way the it's government works. the top-down thing. Yeah. You don't want to misreport. You don't so, want to report low numbers at the top. The GDP numbers are bullshit anyway. Yeah. And what's going to happen now and what is happening is the government has now injected a huge amount of money into the economy to try and prop it up because they know that this is bad. Because mm. factories aren't running right now. People no. are not working right now. They're losing a huge amount of money. So... They're going to keep doing all these false injection, inflation, nonsense kind of tricks that they've been using for years now. Sure. And it's going to keep the numbers looking kind of healthy. Mm -hmm. But in in actual fact, it's going to be a very unhealthy situation. And Mm -hmm. it may lead to some very bad consequences down the road. Right. Totally agree with that. But again, like we're not economists. Like I don't know. There's a lot of reserves and stuff. But the way that the Chinese government's throwing around money right now on other things, it makes me very worried about stability. Yeah, maybe they can send another mission to the moon or something right now. <laughs> Ten bucks says they do it if it gets out of control. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you, Edward Berry. Thank you, Aurora. And the last one uh, from Max Burn 101. This is a very pertinent question. When will the next episode of Worthless Whips be coming out? I uh, really enjoyed seeing you guys. Um, right now. It's going to come out right now. I'm going to release fact, it. Do it Literally, now. you want to release it Yeah, now? do it now. Right, go ahead. In- um, entertain the crowd. I will. You know, for, for those of you who um, may be wondering what happened to our Worthless Whips channel, which is our car channel, of course, we release a video a week, but when this coronavirus hit, we just became overwhelmed on all on all fronts. So we simply couldn't just keep up because, I mean, Seamilk Edit's the main big episode of the buying and the selling, but then I do all the little technical episodes in between. And I got overwhelmed and we all got overwhelmed over here, so it's been hard. But uh, I kind of pulled finger, so to speak, and uh, put in the effort like yesterday, today, through all my spare time. And uh, last week as well, just to kind of finish it off. And our final episode on that MR2 is now done. So we're going to release it right now. So when he clicks it, if you want to head over to the Worthless Whips uh, channel, you can go see our fourth and final. There we go. Fourth and final episode on the MR2. And then we're starting a new car next time. That is correct. Um, Quick update on the numbers. We're at... I mean, it just updated. Uh, again, I don't even know why we talk about these. Uh, it's around 64,000 and uh, 1,487 dead. Um, Those are the, the f- official numbers coming out of the, the commun- people communist have such government. A, people have such a hard on for these numbers. We also look at them, but it's it's just... I, I don't know what you to know say. You know why I like to look at those numbers? Is I want to see just how how false... How downplayed yeah, it is. How, and see, exactly. and people have already predicted the trends of how they you know yeah. figure this stuff out. So. Yeah. Anyway... Appreciate you guys. Um, we'll see you in a couple weeks, but as always, we're going to be on our normal channels. Yeah, yeah. Um, stay tuned for well, next next week's going to be a very explosive one. I'm going. Mm. I am going to try my best to show everybody where these kind of viruses come from. This yeah. whole bush meat and this very random, uh, you know, eating random animal thing. Right. And. You know, I've been a bit too easy on China through all, throughout my years. When I say China, I, I mean the bad parts of China. Sure. I've been too easy. I've made excuses for a lot of the things I've seen, and I've turned a blind eye to a lot of the things I've seen in the past. But I think it's time for that to stop now because... Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly think that if we don't address these very real and... Uh, very real problems that are existing in modern China that these kind of pandemics and problems are going to keep cropping up so Agreed. we need to talk about them For sure. we need to put it out there so the gloves are going to come off so to speak 
But uh, I hate when people say that. I know. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not wearing any gloves right now. So I'll, wait, the gloves are going to be put on, you and then wear surgical gloves, dude. That's appropriate. The gloves are gonna. Yeah, not boxing gloves. The gloves are gonna come on, come, come off. <laughs> so you're gonna infect the world now? No, no, no. Uh, but yeah, my wife has a, a special video for you all tomorrow on on Serpents at A channel, uh, where she gives some tips and tricks on how you can keep yourself and your family safe during this time of crisis and uh, you know viral outbreak and just the flu season in general. I want to say super thank you to everyone that super chatted us today because that is our only income for this month Absolutely. and we really appreciate it. So uh, seriously, I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's one of those things where money is not the main concern for me in making these videos. It never, Absolutely has, never not. has been. So I'm happy to take the hit. Me I always too. have been happy to take the hit. Uh, one thing, but it's though, nice to see the support. Let's we, be yeah, absolutely, we still have to keep going. So you know, without that, it would be very tough. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next time, and you know, as always, stay awesome.